Want to hone your craft as a digital marketer and get expert insights from thought leaders and industry experts? Welcome to the How I Work podcast. I'm your host, Josh Becerra, founder and president of Agurian. Follow us on Twitter at Agurian Tweets or subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content. Now, here's the episode of the podcast. Hi everybody, this is Josh Becerra from Agurian. I'm here with Sean Higgins, founder and CEO of Better You. That's right. Yeah. And this is like an AI companion to help you reach your goals, which we all want to do for sure. Absolutely. So that's very cool. It's a cool project. Can you just uh, start by telling us a little bit about your story, like how you got all the way here to Better You? Of course. So I've been building companies for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm kind of at that space of, inter of HR and productivity. And after my last company sold, I found myself on my couch with this guy in my hand, going through work email at a point in life where I didn't have a job. Yeah. And I was just kind of going on autopilot. And I thought to myself, I'm using my email right now the same way I'd use Instagram right. or YouTube. And you know, how often are we spending our day on things that are intentional versus going down these rabbit holes? Right. And so Better You was really born from that type of moment of wanting to know where does my day go? Am I actually spending my time on the things that matter? Yeah. Is, uh, is it like the anti-TikTok? I'm sure you're like, TikTok's fine, but just in <laughs> doses, right? You know, I think when it comes to our relationship with devices, it's evolved a lot over the last several years. And initially in this space, the attention economy space, there were a lot of people who said, oh, the answer is we need to use our devices less and less and less and yeah. less. And that's continued to be a very losing battle. Right. The amount of time people spend- I got spend, teenagers. I know it's a losing battle. <laughs> the amount of time people spend on devices has gone up every year since 2007, yep. every year. And so you get you know, more about how can we have a healthy relationship with our technology and our devices. So the enemy right. isn't TikTok or Instagram or Facebook in as much as we, are not being wise with how much time we're spending on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And that's really what we help people measure. We help yeah. them measure and manage their time because you can still check out your friend's feed or see that new video or that new dance, whatever, as long as you're doing the other things in your life that are important too. Right, yeah. No, I think it's really great to have those like yeah. reminders. And so uh, that's what Better You is all about. Absolutely. So, um, you know, this is a, a lot about marketers and marketing. So some of our conversation is gonna steer in that direction. And one of the things that we talked about a little bit was this idea of like the mom test when oh, yeah. you're going out and seeking customer <laughs> feedback. I thought that was kind of cool. So tell us about your experiences doing uh, customer feedback and what you mean by the mom test. Of course. So I'm a big believer that it doesn't matter how much sense it makes on your whiteboard, mm -hmm. it matters how much sense it makes to the customer. Yeah. They decide what's right and what's wrong, and it's really our job as marketers, as founders, to find them and ask those questions. Right. And so the mom test is a framework that anybody can use to try to get to the core of what people think about your product or your service. Mm -hmm. And I can't take full credit. The mom test is actually created by one of the founders of Pebble. Okay. And the reason it's called the mom test is because you wouldn't pitch your startup to your mom because she loves you too much to tell you it's terrible. She, yep, she will always give you good feedback. Great, that's great, Sean, wow. Yeah. And so the mom test is a series of questions and methods that you can use to try to find the truth in a world where that person meeting you for coffee probably isn't going to tell you yeah. that your product is bad. Right. <laughs> and so it's about starting really broadly. So one example of something I learned from the mom test of the types of questions you want to ask is you want to ask really general questions and then narrow in. Mm -hmm. For example, Josh, I could ask you, what's your favorite bagel? 
Yeah. Uh, you might tell me it's apple cinnamon or blueberry, and then it's like I make I make a place that's making all these bagels, and I find out you hate bagels. Right. That's like your least your least hated one. Yeah. And it's I'm more of an English muffin guy. There you go. Of course, <laughs> got to start off the day right. Yeah. Absolutely. So the idea behind the mom test is okay. What are some questions that I can use to start really broad? So I might ask, you know, what what did you do today? What was hard about that? Like yep. those types of questions to understand what are you really struggling with. And then as I narrow into the pain point, I might ask further questions. Oh, what did you search on Google yeah. when you encountered that? And the amount of time and headache this has saved me is paramount. Right. I can't tell you the number of people who would say, oh, I would buy this as a consumer, and they haven't Googled free health and wellness apps. Yeah, of course. And I say, okay, you're not really a customer mind if the yeah. pain isn't actually painful enough for you to do a Google search, because that's the square one for most people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're talking a lot about questions, yes. right? Uh, and one of the things that's been super impressive for, in my opinion, about Better You is you've gone from like zero to 200 MRR really quickly. Um, and so uh, one of the things that came up in a, our conversation prepping for this was that there's a series of questions, three key questions you said oh, yeah. that uh, when approaching buyers, that you need to know the answers to. Yep. Um, so tell me about what those questions are and why that messaging is so Absolutely. important. And so uh, one quick clarification before we jump into the three questions. So we're on the way to 200K. We're not there yet. We're, okay. not, we're not 200K yet. We're on the way to 200K. That's yeah. one of our, our areas this year. But anyway, so Either when, way, when it comes- Impressive we've, growth. We've grown a lot. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Zero to 60 real quick on the, on the speedometer there. Yeah. The three questions are why anything, mm -hmm. why us, and why now? Yeah. And the reason why these three questions are so important is because they all answer different questions in your buyer's journey. Sure. The first question is why anything? Why does my product category matter? Right. So in a world of black books with Rolodexes, why do I need a CRM? Right. And if you can't answer that question, the conversation's over. Right. It's all over. Yeah. The next one usually- So it's like oh, yeah. defining category. Like you need to be able to show what is the value of the category. At, at ILOS, my company prior to Better You, you know, I'd encounter people who had not used video. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of training in physical you know, binders right. or Word documents and PDFs, yeah. and they expected that to be the way it continued. Right. And so if you can't explain why your category matters, you're, you're toast. That, yeah. that you're, those people will never move up the funnel of innovation. Right. The second question is why us? Mm -hmm. As a founder, most people know why us. Why us is, you know, it's us versus them. These are the other yep. solutions people are looking Your competitors, at. Here's right. what they're looking at. And so this could be about a feature that you have. It could be about a worldview that you have that's very different than what other people are building towards. It could be about cost. Maybe, you know, Walmart is a popular brand, right? Yeah. They, it's not like you can get completely different things at Target than Walmart. It's just that Walmart's doing a little bit cheaper. Yep. Maybe at the expense of their suppliers. But anyway, <laughs> so you could, it's differentiation. It's the why us. The last question is the hardest one. Mm -hmm. That's the why now. Why should I work with you today right. instead of six months from now? Yeah, that's a big question. And so you feel like all of those things have to be present in messaging somehow when you're going out to market, especially with something new. So if you're creating a landing page, if you're working on an email, Right? We want to see how are you pulling these different pieces together. You have to at least be answering one of the questions. Yeah. And the nice thing about the three questions is when you lose an opportunity or you lose a prospect or you get that feedback, you ask them, hey, you know, why don't you want to go forward? Oh, you know, I actually, I have Zoom. I don't need a video platform for training. I have Zoom. And you go, well, I was going to schedule a Zoom meeting with you, so I must not have explained our category well enough because right. you think we're this and we're that. Yeah. 
or you might see something where they said, you know, I understand we're going with this wellness thing. Oh, okay, they know what we do. They understand better use value prop, but they're picking something else. Why is it our differentiation isn't striking a chord? The last one though with the why now, usually it's harder to get feedback because those yeah. conversations don't end. Right. They go on and on and on and on. And you're, it feels like you're working a prospect from 2019. And yeah, yeah, you wake yeah. up, it's 2022, you're like in Groundhog Day. Right. And so for us, you know, we really encourage folks to use those feedback points to try different messages. Right? Maybe my YS didn't work, I might try a different value prop. Maybe we have a different right. feature we should lean on next demo or next landing page. Yep. And so it's a way to iterate and continually test your messaging as you grow. Yeah, and then you kind of figure out once you got it, like now we can start really pushing on this key messaging that, of course. that's been validated. Yeah. Of course. No, I think that's super smart. Yeah, it's, it's easy to think that you, you know, and you, you have to start here. You have to have a theory about the customer. Yep. But you validate that theory by getting their actual feedback, getting them on the phone, getting them in front of the product, and then having them tell you, hey, this is great, or I'm gonna buy this other thing. And I always learned, I learned very early on that people really vote with their dollars. Sure. So people will tell you one thing, oh, it's great, of course, and they don't actually buy anything. Well, getting back to the mom test, those are people who are just kind of telling you what you wanna hear, yeah. not necessarily helping you in your business. Yeah, no, that's really great. So, um, you know, we're about marketing, digital yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. in particular. So I'm gonna ask you about SEO. You okay. have done uh, a, num a lot of work in SEO. I know that you're starting to rank for quite a few keywords. Page one, baby, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's important, <laughs> it's important stuff. So you mentioned that like you use this ratio to try to figure out oh, uh, sure. what to chase after and what not to. So yes. tell me about like your SEO process and this ratio. Yeah, so we're really big on KGR at Better You. KGR is the keyword golden ratio. Yeah. So what you're doing, if you think about your SEO, you've got a couple keywords that everybody is like piled onto at sure. this point in almost yeah. every industry. It's yep. maybe in 2012, you could, you'd have an advantage by just like blogging about this content. But now it's like uh, most keywords are taken. So what we do is we look at long tail. Because yep. the long tail actually accounts for a lot, especially when you aggregate that long tail. Yep. It's bigger than some of the, even the most highly searched terms in the web today. For sure. And so what we do is we look at this thing called the keyword golden ratio. It measures the amount of people trying to rank mm -hmm. for a term. So we get a key phrase. Let's just pick top 10 wellness strategies for Fortune 500 companies. Right? Yeah. Or like, Wellness, wellness strategies, Fortune 500 companies. Let's try something like that. Like yeah. that might be our string, boom. And we'd search Google for all in title and we put that in quotes, that string. And what comes up is all the websites that have that phrase in their title tag. Mm -hmm. And so we can see these are all the websites. That have this, and if you're trying to rank for something, yeah. you put it in your title tag. It's like one of the things you're supposed to do for, right. for SEO. And so that gives us at a glance the number of people that are ranking for this thing. Then we go to the monthly search volume. And we say, okay, say we've got 500 people or mm -hmm. 5,000 people ranking for this. Well, if the monthly search volume is higher than the number of people ranking for this, that's an indicator to us, okay, we could probably rank pretty highly for this if we create a good post, right. hit that post with traffic. Yep. And so that's what we do with KGR. It gives us an idea of which topics should we actually be writing about, yeah. creating white papers about, et cetera. And it's helped us rank. We have over 1,000 page one keywords today and that's a big, a big, big part. We had, we had, I don't know, fewer than 50 a year and a half ago. Yeah. So it's like, we've had pretty great growth in that area. No, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's definitely, there's correlations between what you're talking about and like our content customer journey process where, yeah, really what we're trying to do is understand that customer journey, what are the topics and questions that they have as people move through that, right? Oh, what, totally. what are the volumes of searches? 
who's winning on that, what does their content actually look like, yep, what yep. is Google rewarding, and then how can we actually be the, a better answer for that? Totally. Right? Just, as long as you're the best answer, Google's going to reward you. So it's funny, you know. We have some, you know, because we have two parts of our marketing. One part is very much at the business, you know, the, the mm -hmm. enterprise, the person buying our product. Yep. The other part, though, is at the person who uses the product, the member, just you know, Sean or you know, Stacy at H and R Block or an employee somewhere, yep. right? And with that group, we'll have some different tips and tricks and things. And so you mentioned kind of Google rewards the best answer. I was actually surprised at how true that is. Mm -hmm. We have an article, you know, it's uh, where we rank some of the different new wearables. Yeah. And we recommend Fitbit. Uh, Fitbit is like one of the best ones. Yeah. It's this new Fitbit version. And that post outranks Fitbit if you Google top like wow. top wearable apps. Should or like, get an affiliate. Link. Yeah, I said, man, well, we don't do that. That might be the next <laughs> step, right? The next step. But uh, but I said, wow. Even though we're recommending Fitbit and the Apple Watch or some of these others, whoop, you know, it's like we are. Providing them. quality value, and we're outranking them for this post. That's amazing. Even though that's not our business, we're not in the wearables business. Yeah, right? yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, but you're not in the wearables, but you are in the behavior change business. Oh, 100%. And so I think, uh, you know, one of the things that agree and that we do a lot of thinking and talking about is like this idea of uh, digital marketers like having confidence in their work. Sure, right? sure. And I think that there are behaviors that people need to have in order to have confidence. Yep, yep. So just talk generally maybe about like as business professionals um, who are looking to have some level of behavior change. Like what are some of the tips or some of the oh, things that you think personally? are yeah. important for individuals when it comes to like behave like what is what is behavior change? How does it happen? Yeah. So I think when you talk about behavior change, I might even break it down a little bit and just talk about behavior. Behavior happens yeah. when you've got motivation, mm -hmm. ability, and a prompt all coming together at the same time. Yeah. And so what does that mean? So pretend I want to you know, go for a walk this morning, right? And maybe I'm, I'm motivated by it. Maybe it's something like I it's intrinsically- like minus three Maybe there. it's something I intrinsically want to do. I don't know, maybe like I like walks or whatever, or yeah. exercise. I've got a goal that I've set for myself around steps. Like there's some base level of motivation. But well, you hit an interesting point. Motivation fluctuates. It fluctuates yeah. based on the weather, right. based on the time of day, based on what my wife wants me to do in the morning, right? Yeah. I can go up and down, up and down. Yeah. All right, then ability, the thing I'm being asked to do. How, how easy is it to, right. for me to do that? So one tip just right out of the box there is it's easier to start small. If my mm -hmm. goal is just to put on my running shoes or my walking shoes, that's a lot easier than to walk three miles. Right. Because I'll tell you, even in a cold day, I could put on my my walking shoes and maybe walk inside, right? Yeah. And then I can achieve my yeah, goal yeah, yeah. without that. without going outside, right? And then the last piece is the prompt. The prompt is most often overlooked. And a prompt can be a post-it note you leave on your computer. It could be somebody physically reminding you of something. It could be the context. It could be an AI app like <laughs> us. Or it could be the context you're in, like the room. If you've ever had the experience where you're walking around the house mm. and you have like this flash of inspiration where you're like, oh, I gotta do this thing. Usually it's actually something in your context yeah. that's triggered a prompt where you said, oh, I have to remember this. Interesting. And we can't even you know, consciously process where, what specifically it was, yeah. but we get prompted so often in our day. And so you need those three ingredients. Okay. So those three ingredients make behavior. But behavior change, if you've got a behavior that's aspirational, I want to get better sleep. Yeah. Or maybe it's outcome specific. I want to run the Twin Cities Marathon next year, whatever it is. And I'm using health examples because that's like, I see those all the time. Yep. You usually work backwards. Right? So instead of starting with motivation, Sean, why don't you run in the cold weather today? Like, 
Because it's like, that's, that's a hard one to move. Yeah. You start with prompt. Oh, maybe I just need to have a better reminder system. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need an accountability partner. Like my wife will go for walks with me. Maybe we, if we do that, then she can be like, yep. a, like a, hey, Sean, we should go for a walk. Oh, she's prompting me, amazing. Yeah. Then you go to ability. If you're not able to do the thing you set out to do, try an easier version. Right. I think of it almost like a little kid. You know, like if, if a little kid takes a tumble, they're back up. Right. They're back up because they didn't fall a very long distance. Like right, they're right. short, right? Yeah. But if we take a tumble, right? It's like, yeah. oh, it's five and six feet of us like hitting yeah. the ground. That's painful and Depending it takes a minute. Depending on your age, it can be even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's painful, right? It's like, oh man. And, and so I think about starting with the smallest possible version of something mm -hmm. of like being that little kid taking the fall. Yeah. Because even if you miss, right. it's pretty easy to get back on the wagon the next day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so then only after you touch those two pillars do you go into motivation and think about, okay, should I give myself a reward or you know, maybe I donate to a cause I don't like if I miss my goal. Loss aversion is always popular. <laughs> yeah, you donate to like, a per, I don't Loss know, what, aversion. whatever political candidate you don't support, you're like, I'm going to donate $100 to them or $500 to them if I miss this goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be a powerful motivating okay. factor. For That's interesting. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> uh, I might have to use it. Cool. So the last question I have, and this is a question I ask everybody that yeah, I, yeah. I interview, is like, who are you listening to? What you're reading? What's interesting out there in the world that's kind of sparking your imagination right now? Sure. I'm currently listening on Audible to a book called Noise by okay. Daniel Kahneman. So uh -huh. Daniel won the Nobel Peace Prize in the year 2000 for thinking fast and thinking slow. Got it. So he's very much in the behavior and the behavior change world. I tend to read more biz, like I don't do any fiction. I do, it's mainly nonfiction stuff, yeah. right? So Daniel is a good one. I like Algorithms to Live By, okay. which is about how there's a lot of math out there in our world and how you can use like some really simple hacks to like figure out where you should park, for example. Right. <laughs> figure out when to buy your house. Well, this market, if you find a house you like, you should buy the house immediately. Yeah. But in normal times when you should buy your house or like maybe the next house you visit you would have liked better. You know, how do you solve some of those types of problems? Cool. Yeah. The one takeaway I guess I'd have from it, if I go back to the one I'm currently listening to, Noise, they talked about this idea of information cascade. Mm -hmm. So the power of the audience. If you ever watch, I remember watching this, like, I don't know, with my parents. Who wants to be a millionaire? Regis Philbin, right? Yeah. Ask the audience, right? Great, one of the great lifelines. The audience would vote, right? And when you have the audience or a large group acting independently of each other, yeah. they're pretty smart. They're right. pretty good. And like yeah, that show kind of- The wisdom of the crowd. That, crowd. that proved it out a little bit, right? Yeah. And normally that's great, but you run into big issues where the crowd isn't actually independent. We're like, I'm looking at what Bobby's pushing and Bobby's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jill's looking the at what I'm pushing. Effect, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so this idea is called, it's an information cascade and it happens in hiring. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, a, a hiring decision, there's been four people involved in the process and somebody goes first, oh, I really liked Jill. She did X, Y, and Z. Okay, well then- I'm gonna think, well, I kinda like Jill too. Exactly, it's, <laughs> it becomes instantly harder for you to have the opposite opinion because you're gonna contradict this, this other person that you trust and respect and yeah, oh, yeah, they yeah. have good decision, good decision making abilities. So especially in a group format, having two people support a position is the kiss of death yeah. for any actual conflict or discussion in it. Right. And so what I learned from that is to say, I said, wow, I have to change how I'm doing this. So we're in a hybrid environment. Mm -hmm. So what I do with this, instead of saying who's got thoughts on the candidate, I say post in your, let's post in Zoom chat on the count of 10, yeah. who your top three are. Right. And nobody knows what anybody else is pushing. And we, we're like one, two, like one, boom. boop, and then it hits. And then, and then we go through the results and then there's naturally gonna be tension and conflict, yeah. which is healthy and good. Yeah, of course. And it's 
leveraging that power of the crowd versus leveraging, oh, I, I trust Bob to make a good decision and right. Bob liked her, so it must be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you get into trouble. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I really like that. I appreciate you taking the time yeah, to do this. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. You're dropping some good knowledge bombs here. And uh, that's going to be it for today. So Fantastic. thanks, Sean. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the How I Work podcast with Josh Becerra. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. To learn more about Agurian and for more digital marketing tips and insights, head to agurian.com.